0: did the most stabilizing thing possible
1: I'm sad actually I wish he stayed
2: on from politicians to the public tonight the aftermath of a dizzying week at City Hall as questions swirl around the future of Toronto and its leadership
3: Good evening. We begin with the final hours of John Tory as Toronto's mayor. After finalizing the city's budget, he's handed in his resignation.
2: Setting the wheels in motion for his replacement. In less than 24 hours, he will be leaving his role amid scandal. CTV's Natalie Johnson is at City Hall tonight. Natalie, it has been a whirlwind
4: week. Am I supposed to be hearing something? It's 6 o'clock, I don't hear anything. Well, Alan Before the sun was up, John Tory returned to City Hall for his second-last day as mayor. Yeah, okay. The front-page news on his morning paper, his own resignation, made official just seven hours earlier. Mr.
5: Mayor, do you have any comments or yeah, not? No, not really. We'll talk to you the next couple of days.
4: The embattled mayor had left his office at 11.30 last night after putting it in writing to the city clerk. His resignation letter reading in part, This has been the job of a lifetime. And while I have let many people, including myself, down in this instance, I have nonetheless been deeply honoured by the opportunity to serve the people of this wonderful city for more than eight years. And I
0: hope I achieved some good for the city I truly love. While it was a serious error in judgment, in terms of addressing it, um, he did the most stabilizing thing possible. I think it would have been very harmful for the city to have a prolonged period of uncertainty
6: as to what was going to happen.
4: The late-night letter capped a chaotic day in council where Tory's budget passed with only minor tweaks and he announced he would not use his strong mayor powers to veto the changes. He then put an end to the speculation that he was reconsidering resigning under pressure from some allies to stay on as mayor.
6: I still think uh,
5: John Tory would be the best person to lead us for the next four years. But I have to respect the decision uh,
6: that he made, and now we have to move on. It's projected to see the greatest growth.
4: Deputy Mayor Jennifer McKelvey, who will become acting mayor when Tory's resignation takes effect, confirmed she will not run in the by-election. Writing in a statement, representing the residents of my ward and ensuring a smooth, stable transition until a new mayor is elected requires my full attention. (sighs) For mayoral hopefuls, the race has now unofficially begun. I
7: think this election is going to be much better and I think that a lot more citizens are going to be
4: engaged. Tory's resignation takes effect at 5 p.m. tomorrow. As for what's next here, John Tory's seat must be officially declared vacant by council, which is not scheduled to meet until the very end of March. If, however, there is the political will to speed that process up, either the deputy mayor or the majority of councillors can call for a special council meeting to get that clock started on the by-election sooner. Reporting live at City Hall, I'm Natalie Johnson. Back to you.
3: All right. Thank you, Natalie. So what do some Torontonians think of the news now that Tory's made it official? Our Austin Delaney has been speaking with a few people to find out. Austin, what are you hearing? Well,
5: a lot. As you know, John Tory has been the talk of the town since his bombshell announcement last Friday. There's been no shortage of debate whether he did the right thing by resigning. Diane is treating herself to a plate of oysters. She's been following the John Tory saga.
4: You know
0: what he does in his personal life. He does in his personal life. Yeah, exactly. if, if it was consensual, then I think he should stay.
5: People here at the Saint Lawrence Market are just getting over the shock of it all. Um, I feel it's a little weird, a little strange that it happened just out of the blue. I just the tenderloin. Please. Debbie is picking up tonight's dinner, wondering what comes next at City Hall.
1: Uh, I'm sad actually. I wish he stayed on. What he's done is it does not his personal life
5: doesn't affect me. Wandering the aisles of the market, we find a lot of lingering support for the embattled mayor, Patricia included.
6: I think each and every one of us have done something wrong in our lives and that uh, he should stay in power and just be a good boy after that.
5: As people browse the counters, there is no shortage of opinion.
6: human. Like
8: everybody is. Hey, are we
5: going to start putting stuff on sale? Randy of Mike's Fish says it was a huge surprise. I, I, I'm not a, an angel. and I, You know, let he who is without sin cast the first stone type of thing. But I didn't think that it was necessary for him to resign because of an infidelity.
4: John Tory I'm sorry that he did what he did he wasn't thinking with the right part of his brain.
5: Whatever his thinking Henry points out there are consequences. It's going to cost
7: the taxpayers a lot of money to have a by-election.
5: And Fanny doesn't mince words when it comes to the mayor's actions.
8: It's like you can't go and just say that I'm going to cheat on my wife because it's COVID or I'm lonely Like, you're just using your power. And what, you ended up hooking up with one of your younger predecessors, you know what I mean? Like, come on. You know, use your power for greatness.
5: And Andy the Butcher, nearly a week later, still cannot wrap his mind around whether Tory should have resigned. It's, I don't know, it's
9: a tricky situation, I don't know. Lost your words, aren't you? Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's, I don't know. He should, I think he should, but I don't know.
5: And now that Tory has said tomorrow is his last day in office, people are turning their attention to who wants to replace him. We're playing live.
3: I'm Austin Delaney. Thank you, Austin. Coffee lovers, listen up. New research suggests three cups a day could triple your risk of kidney disease. Why some refuse to swallow the results of the study? That's just ahead.
2: Well, the cold weather has returned following an unseasonably beautiful Wednesday. This is a live look over the city right now. Toronto's warming centres open in just under an hour. They are located at the Scarborough Civic Centre, Metro Hall and the Cecil and Mitchell Field community centres. Lindsay Morrison is here now with what to expect over the next little bit. It's a much different day today and in the days ahead, Lindsay.
1: It really is, Zoraida. You know, gone is the record warmth from yesterday in its place. Colder air and now some freezing precipitation. We're in for quite a mix tonight here in the GTA. It's just getting started. It's going to be snow for areas to the north. A risk of freezing rain for us here locally. Maybe some ice pellets too. And then some light snow. We are under a freezing rain warning for much of the GTA. It's a winter weather travel advisory for areas to the north. Temperature just below freezing now. Minus one at this hour. Eventually we're looking to drop to a low of minus four degrees. Coming up we'll break down the timing of this latest low pressure system. We'll give you an idea of how much ice could accumulate and how how much snow is in your forecast? That's all ahead. For now, Nathan, though, over to you.
3: All right, thank you, Lindsay. Provincial police are sharing new details as they investigate a kidnapping case dating back over a year. On the night of January 12th, 2022, police say three people abducted 37-year-old El Naz Hashemiri from a home in Wasaga Beach. Today, OPP released photos of two male suspects and a female suspect whom they believe to be responsible, noting they're believed to be living in the GTA. They also released images of a potential person or people of interest who they believe might have information linked to the case. Hash former boyfriend faces criminal charges in the alleged abduction and a separate incident.
2: A seemingly innocent gesture is at the center of what police northwest of the GTA are calling a cowardly, violent act.
3: As CTV's Mike Walker explains, they want to know who shot a senior walking his dog in Schaumburg more than a dozen times and why.
9: This is video of the suspect vehicle. York Regional Police say was involved in a random shooting of a 65-year-old man who was out walking his dog and now in hospital fighting for his life.
0: He appeared to be
9: just
5: an entirely innocent person. There is no evidence to suggest at this time that uh, this was targeted. It appears to be that the man was walking in the path of some vicious criminals.
9: The drive-by shooting happened just after 8.30 Sunday morning in a rural community near Schaumburg. Police say the victim gestured for the SUV to slow down and then turned around and someone in the passenger seat fired 13 shots at the man, striking him multiple times.
10: Pretty reeling. It's nothing that happens normal here. We're at such a small little hamlet, right? And we do, we never would think it would happen here.
9: Investigators believe there were two suspects in the SUV, which is believed to be a four-door Lexus RX 350. At the very least, we're looking at a a situation here where this is an attempted murder. This is a vicious crime. This is a gun crime. With no arrests made, many in this small community say they are fearful for their safety. And the fact that they've got nothing going on that we know
10: to uh, solve uh, its it's scary. You can do it to somebody else. A lot of people are shocked you know and they're hoping it's not going to happen again and they hope they catch him.
9: Police say the victim remains in hospital in critical condition having undergone multiple surgeries. Neighbors say he was retired and a family man. Really nice couple and they've
10: been here for a very very long time always nice always waved we have dogs together we would stop and
9: chat about our dogs. The Township of King released a statement that reads, Our community continues to suffer through this terrible ordeal. Violent acts such as the one that took place on Sunday are not expected and will not be accepted. Police are still trying to identify the suspects. They're appealing to anyone who was in the Schaumburg area Sunday morning with dashcam video to come forward. Mike Walker, CTV News.
2: Toronto police have released security images of a man wanted in connection with an attack on the TTC over the weekend. He is accused of stabbing another man in the face with a broken bottle at Chester Station. Police say the suspect had left the area by the time they arrived. Turning now to what has been a nightmare situation for some parents and students in Toronto's West End.
3: A drive-by shooting at West End Collegiate has left a teen fighting for his life in hospital and police working to track down the gunman in a fresh example of violence in our schools. CTV's Janice Golding reports.
10: The fear and tension are etched on their faces.
6: As a stepmother and father, we're scared enough. <laughs> we're worried. We just want
10: them out to see if they're okay. Can't get a hold of my son. I'm praying that the kids will be safe. And when students began to emerge from Weston Collegiate Institute, the relief was palpable. It's very kind of traumatizing. I was scared I was going to die. There was fear and there was grief. Students reacting to the shooting of a 15-year-old boy in the school parking
7: lot. I was at the light and then we just heard two shots, thought it was fireworks or something and then we
0: saw people running away.
4: I heard the shooting and I thought it was my younger sister. The shooting
10: happened just after 12 o'clock when many students were having lunch. I
0: heard the two
7: gunshots happen, and then
11: 15 seconds later they came into the yard.
10: Aiden was playing football in the school field when the gunfire
11: erupted. They drove in the school yard, they drove in, almost hit a few kids that were playing volleyball and I'm just booking it towards uh, those buildings over there because I, I didn't want to get shot. The
10: only person shot, however, a grade 10 student who took two bullets to the chest.
12: After he was shot, he ran back into the school. The victim ran back into the school where he was tended to by uh, teachers and faculty at the school.
9: Some of our staff immediately jumped in and and quite frankly were tending to the student uh, who was very clearly injured and, and tried to keep him as comfortable as possible.
10: Paramedics performed life-saving measures in the school office and then transported the teen to a trauma center via emergency
8: run. It's kind of a sad because I saw him earlier before I left to go to the park. I hope he's okay. It's, it's
11: crazy to know that we could have it could have been anyone, honestly.
8: The student is being
10: treated for life-threatening critical injuries. Scared, trembling, like
13: I can't believe it. I feel really sad for those children who haven't even begun their lives yet.
10: Police are now searching for unknown males who drove off in an unknown direction while parents search for answers and reassurance. Janice Golding, CTV News.
3: Two suspects are now in police custody after that break-in at Vaughn Mills earlier this month where a car was driven into the mall. Security footage captured the moments as a stolen car burst through the doors at Vaughn Mills early on February 1st. Police say it was driven to an electronics store where suspects stole a number of items and damaged property. Investigators have now charged 19-year-old Israel Mwamba and 18-year-old O'Brien Grant, both from Quebec, with break and enter and several other charges. At the same time, police have issued a Canada-wide warrant for 21-year-old Lisanne Pillay of Quebec. He's believed to be in the Montreal area.
6: The
2: father of the driver involved in Monday's horrific triple fatal crash on the 427 tells CTV News his son's condition is improving slowly in hospital. 21-year-old Kumar Nibir Day was behind the wheel of this BMW when it slammed into the southbound ramp to Dundas Street West at about 11.30 on Monday night. The crash killed the three other people in the vehicle, a 20-year-old man, a 20-year-old woman and a 17-year-old boy. Kumar was rushed to hospital and remains in intensive care. Police say the car was speeding when it flew over a concrete ramp, landed in a ditch, and hit a wall before bursting into flames. All four of the occupants of the vehicle were in international students from Bangladesh studying here in the GTA.
3: We have a follow-up now on a story we brought you last night. A meeting held to discuss a school dress code, not for students, but for teachers.
2: This comes after images of the teacher at Oakville Trafalgar High School went viral. And as CTV's Andrew Brennan reports, tempers flared.
12: You're yeah.
5: incompetent. company been... You're
12: yeah. terrible at this
2: job. Shame. The halted
11: district school board trustees expected to hear from parents at this meeting, but not like this. Speeches had to be screened and approved in advance, but in question period, the shouting erupted.
9: Some of the trustees left the room and went to the back chambers. About eight or nine minutes later, the police arrived.
11: For months, some parents have been demanding the school board create a dress code for staff after images went viral in September of a shop teacher at Oakville Trafalgar High School with large prosthetic breasts and protruding nipples. Rishi Bandhu says the board at first refused to listen and only relented after pressure from parents and the education minister.
5: I think this is all a waste of time, right? Uh, All that they needed to do was affirm that the values and beliefs that are contained in the student dress code apply to the teachers. That's what they should have done in September.
11: A professionalism policy is being drafted. An update was shared by the director of education before shouting took over the board meeting.
4: This is not the original speech that I wrote.
11: Julia Moulat was invited by parents to speak before the board to help ensure the policy is trans-inclusive. It is prudent to have
9: appropriate policies and procedures in place as a precaution. Such precautions protect both staff and students.
11: She says she understands the parents' anger, including outbursts that some may call transphobic.
9: To me, I read it as just pure frustration and desperation with the fact that seven months later, nothing is changing with this board.
11: CTV News reached out to the school board for an interview, and for a second straight day, that request was denied. As for the teacher at the centre of all of this, we did ask if they want to share their story, their perspective, and have not heard back. Andrew Brennan, CTV News, Oakville.
3: Canada's premiers want regular reviews of health care funding provided by the federal government. The provincial leaders have agreed to accept $46 billion in new money offered by Ottawa. But in a letter today, they told the Prime Minister it's not enough to address sustainability or the structural needs of their health care systems. Doug Ford sent his own letter asking for a review of Ontario's existing bilateral health care agreement. He's also requesting an assessment of the new funding deal at the five-year mark. The federal health minister says he supports the call from premiers for health care deal reviews.
6: Well, a
2: report into the federal Liberals' decision to use the Emergencies Act will be released three days ahead of schedule. The report by the Emergencies Act Commission is expected to be tabled in Parliament tomorrow at noon. The act was invoked for the first time ever during last winter's convoy protest that jammed Ottawa's downtown near Parliament for more than three
3: weeks. Two Canadian naval vessels are being deployed to Haiti. As Canadians... OUR FUNDAMENTAL OBJECTIVE IS TO EASE THE SUFFERING
5: AND EMPOWER HAITIANS TO CHART THEIR OWN FUTURE. WE'RE WORKING CLOSELY TOGETHER TO HELP ADDRESS THE POLITICAL SECURITY AND HUMANITARIAN CRISIS IN HAITI.
3: THE PRIME MINISTER SAYS THE SHIPS WILL CONDUCT SURVEILLANCE AND GATHER INTELLIGENCE. HE ALSO PLEDGED $12 MILLION IN HUMANITARIAN ASSISTANCE AND $10 MILLION IN SUPPORT OF MIGRANTS. JUSTIN TRUDEAU WAS A SPECIAL GUEST AT A MEETING OF CARIBBEAN LEADERS IN NASSAU.
2: In Kyiv, Canada's foreign affairs minister offered more support today for Ukraine,
13: after, including after the war. This will include work like demining the streets, playgrounds and fields, and helping to address the psychological impact this war has had on Ukrainian people.
2: Melanie Jolie met with her Ukrainian counterpart on the final day of her visit. She was there to discuss Canadian military aid, alleged Russian war crime, war crimes, and support for women experiencing sexual violence. Jolie announced an additional $3 million to help stabilize the country. Well, people who may have been wrongfully convicted in Canada could have their cases reviewed easier and faster.
3: Legislation introduced today would see an independent commission created to decide which cases should be returned to the justice system. CTV's Kevin Gallagher reports.
14: Justice Minister David Lametti says convicted criminals that maintain their innocence need a new system to have their claims heard
9: there isn't a good reason to to put up a an efficient system to allow those new evidence dna evidence other things that often come out
14: five, ten years after a trial. Lametti's Justice Department is currently responsible for reviewing wrongful convictions. Instead, he wants an independent commission to evaluate miscarriages of justice. Up to nine commissioners would have the power to order a new trial or appeal. The commissioners appointed to run
9: it will be required to reflect Canada's diversity and to take into account the overrepresentation of certain groups in the criminal justice system, such as Indigenous peoples and black persons.
14: This legislation is called David and Joyce Milgard's Law, named after the wrongfully convicted man who spent 23 years in prison and his mother, who tirelessly advocated for his release. I wanted to say what
10: my mother would say right now. It's a glorious day, hallelujah. She fought so long and so hard along with David for this
14: day. Millgard was 16 years old when he was convicted of nurse Gail Miller's rape and murder in Saskatoon. Nearly a quarter century later, DNA evidence exonerated him and helped convict the real killer. One of the
5: most important aspects of freeing the wrongly convicted is that it also means we might discover who actually uh, committed the crime.
14: Non-profit organization Innocence Canada has helped exonerate 24 people since 1993, and it's been asking for an independent commission for 30 years. The government will need NDP support to pass these legal changes through Parliament before the new independent review process can move forward. Kevin Gallagher, CTV News, Ottawa.
3: It's unclear what those unidentified objects were that were shot down over North America recently, but Joe Biden says they likely weren't a threat to public safety. The U.S. president spoke today about the objects downed off Alaska, over Yukon, and in Lake Huron. Biden says the intelligence community believes they were probably balloons related to private companies, recreation, or research institutions, and they were shot out of the sky because of a risk to commercial air traffic.
7: In consultation with the Canadian government. I spoke personally with Prime Minister Trudeau and from Canada on Saturday. And just as critically, we acted out of an abundance of caution and an opportunity that allowed us to take down these, these objects safely.
3: The series of objects began with a Chinese spy balloon that was shot down off the Carolina coast February 4th. Biden says there's nothing to suggest the other three are connected. Asylum seekers crossing into Canada from the U.S. are becoming a concern in Niagara Falls.
2: Officials say the sudden influx is straining services in the region. And as CTV's Beth McDonnell explains, they are turning to Ottawa for a solution.
8: As migrants keep walking across Roxham Road, Quebec's unofficial U.S. border crossing, more and more keep coming to stay in motels and hotels in Niagara Falls one of the country's most popular tourist destinations.
0: This started out originally as 87 rooms and now we're shooting for numbers like 2,000 and more rooms. So that puts a significant strain on our systems.
8: Mayor Jim Diodati says since the summer, around 3,000 migrants from Quebec have arrived in the tourist areas, relocated by the federal government. He says while the city of just under 100,000 people is helping families with everything from warm clothes to food and learning English, the influx is a concern.
0: May 24th is when we begin our tourism season and it just continues to escalate from there. So we need to have a plan going forward. It seems like there isn't a plan and and we know right now how many rooms they need today. We don't know how many they're going to need tomorrow and we don't know where the sunset is. We don't know where this is going to end.
8: Quebec has been pushing Ottawa to do something about the imbalance of migrants arriving there. Immigration, Refugees and Citizenship Canada reports the RCMP intercepted close to 40,000 asylum seekers in Quebec in 2022 and just 400 from other provinces.
0: And I know Quebec's uh, hit their maximum now and they're at their saturation point. Now, of course, Ontario is stepping up, and the federal government is bringing them here, which is fine, but we need to be a part of the conversation to be a part of the solution.
8: Daddy says Niagara Falls is still recovering from COVID, and like other cities, is also dealing with the affordability and housing crisis. On top of a plan, he says resources are needed to make the migrants stay a success. Beth Macdonnell, CTV News
2: still to come, Toronto's
8: medical community mobilizing
2: to help survivors in Turkey. UHN's frontline workers sending donations of much needed supplies.
12: And I'm Pat Foran. Coming up on Consumer Alert, are you in the market for a new vehicle? If you are, Consumer Reports is out with its new survey of the best cars of the, the, the year. There are some familiar favorites, but also some new makes and models on the list. I'll have my reports. That's just ahead.
1: It's been a warm week and a mild winter, so perhaps it's not surprising that ice cover on the Great Lakes has hit a record low. It's usually close to peak at this time of year, but right now we are at 6% coverage, well below last year's 51% and the historical mean of 30%. Now we do have colder weather in store for tomorrow and in the long range. Those details are coming up, and stay with us. We've got another full night of great shows for you right here on CTV.
2: Although used car prices are finally starting to come down, if you're looking for a brand new vehicle, their costs continue to climb.
3: That's why it pays to do your homework before buying one. And now Consumer Reports is out with its top picks for 2023. Here's Pat Foran and Consumer Alert. Pat.
12: Nathan Anzirata, even though vehicles are getting more expensive, the good news is that they're lasting longer. Some of the safest and most reliable vehicles are now gas-electric hybrids, and almost all new cars come with standard features that used to cost extra. Low inventory and high prices make this a tough time to buy a car, so if you've been waiting to make that big purchase, Consumer Reports is here with its annual must-see list of the top new cars of the year. To find the top vehicles of 2023, researchers drove hundreds of thousands of kilometers in more than 200 vehicles and sorted through mounds of exclusive data from more than 50 tests, including safety and real-world experiences relating to reliability and owner satisfaction.
2: Simply put, these are the vehicles that stand out in their respective categories. Our top picks have to come standard with key safety features, including automatic emergency braking that operates at highway speeds and includes pedestrian detection.
12: For starting at under $30,000, researchers say you can't go wrong with the Toyota Corolla Cross small SUV or Corolla hybrid sedan. These are great all-round cars that will continue to save you money down the line with great fuel economy and few repairs. And the 2023 Nissan Leaf proves that not all electric cars come with jolting prices.
2: The Leaf was really the first mainstream EV when it launched over a decade ago and it continues to show that EVs can be both reliable and inexpensive.
12: And of course SUVs are as popular as ever. This year the Subaru Forester, Hyundai Santa Fe Hybrid and three row Kia Telluride all make the top picks list. If you're looking to stand out from the pack, the brand new Ford Maverick Hybrid is a fun alternative to small SUVs. It's a pickup truck that's fuel efficient, has five seats, and four and a half feet of truck bed. It's a great choice for active drivers on the go, and for the price, you'd be hard-pressed to find something as versatile, efficient, and fun to drive. If you're ready to splurge, the Lexus NX 350 h and the Tesla Model 3 are Consumer Reports' top picks over. $50,000. In a separate announcement, Consumer Reports also named BMW the best overall car brand for 2023, followed by Subaru, Mini, Lexus, and Honda. It named Buick the top U.S. car brand. On your side, I'm Pat Ford. If you have a
11: consumer story idea, email us at alert at ctv.ca.
2: Well, in the face of rising car thefts in this city and across Canada, Brampton Mayor Patrick Brown is suggesting a novel solution.
14: We need auto manufacturers not to wait for someone else to step up. We need them to all step up. And today I'm asking the federal government to mandate this with a recall of the top 10 stolen cars.
2: Brown says manufacturers should take steps to protect vehicles from relay attacks where thieves hijack the radio frequency from car keys to start the car. The Insurance Bureau of Canada says auto theft costs Canadians more than $1 billion each year.
3: All right, to the forecast, I mean, just yesterday, we we're talking 15 degrees. It felt like spring, but not yeah, today.
1: I know. What a difference, and it's going to be a mess on top of that. It is. You know, the the one saving grace of this particular system is that it's kind of missing both commutes. Uh, things are really going to get going once we're past this evening's commute and should wrap up before tomorrow's morning one. But in between, we have potential to see freezing rain ice pellets, a changeover to some light snow and perhaps just good old rain in there for good measure as well. Let's get to your forecast. Weather is brought to you by Train, the most reliable heating and cooling brand. It's hard to stop a train. We are under a freezing rain warning here in the city of Toronto. You can see that that warning extends from Windsor all the way to Brockville, right along that Highway 401 corridor. And we have a winter weather travel advisory for areas a little bit further to the north. This is where we could see more in the winter of accumulating snow and uh, accumulating ice maybe two to five centimeters in the Peterborough area of snow further north into Muskoka looks like upwards of 10 centimeters of snow. Let me show you that in just a moment here. But first, a look at our satellite and radar. This precip is moving in quite quickly now. There's some light freezing rain being reported at Toronto Pearson. See the purples and the pinks? That's indicative of some ice pellet activity or some light freezing rain and we are going to see more of that as we continue through the night tonight. Looks like the biggest window of opportunity for it is going to be from about 9 p.m. until about 1 a.m. for the freezing precipitation. Then we're going Going to see a change over to some light snow before many of us are waking up and heading out the door. Uh, on that note, as you wake up and head out the door tomorrow, watch your step because although ice accretion is more likely north of the city of Toronto, there will likely be some slippery spots and if we get some fresh snow falling on top of sidewalks and driveways, it could become quite slippery. As for the snow, let's talk about that. Uh, heads up for areas north of Barrie, a significant accumulation of possibility through the night tonight, maybe upwards of 15 seconds For us here in the city of Toronto, maybe a trace to two centimeters of snow. It's not major, but it could be just enough to complicate things for tomorrow. There's about 8.30 tonight, so you can see that swath of freezing rain. Again, it's heavier snow for areas further to the north. Around 3.30 a.m., this is starting to pull away. About 6.30 a.m., we're seeing that light snowfall activity. And then Friday itself is a pretty dry day. We have a chance of flurries in the afternoon. It's going to be a colder day. And then the sun is going to return for your Saturday, at least mixed with some cloud cover. This is what we're waking up to. Again, just a chance of flurries. Wind chill minus 10. So bundle up into tomorrow morning and into tomorrow afternoon. This is looking like easily one of our coldest days of the week. I know that's not a big accomplishment in what's been a pretty mild one. And speaking of, Saturday we're back up around 2 degrees, 5 for the daytime high on Sunday Uh, mixed precipitation going to be possible again on Monday and then with cooler air for the middle part of next week looks like we switch back to flurries or even accumulating snow that's your look at the forecast Nathan over to you all
3: right thank you Lindsay after the break Canada's king of improv is taking it to another level Colin is hitting the road with a new show that promises to be hypnotic The United Nations has launched a $1 billion appeal to help more than 5 million people in Turkey following last week's devastating earthquakes. A 17-year-old girl was rescued today, 248 hours after the original quake. But the number of people being pulled from the rubble has declined significantly. There have been more than 39,000 confirmed deaths reported in Turkey and Syria. Earlier this week, the UN started a $397 million appeal to help nearly 5 million Syrians. And while reports of people rescued from the rubble in Turkey and Syria are declining, work to help survivors are ramping up.
2: Our health reporter, Pauline Chan, has more on one effort right here in Toronto.
7: Today, we're we're sorting um, donated supplies from different departments at the University Health Network, and finding things that are appropriate to send to Turkey to help and Syria to help put people over there. We're sorting um, medical equipment that can be used in hospitals, uh,
1: personal care things that people need because they don't have water. This was all done within the last week. Lisa Van Lint is with the Environmental Sustainability Department at UHN and with last week's devastating earthquakes in southeastern Turkey and northern Syria, hospital staff jumped into action. So this is coming from our downtown hospitals, our
6: rehab sites, uh, all different supply cabinets that every nursing unit
1: is going to have. These are items that are extra or nearing expiry and are desperately needed by the earthquake survivors.
7: We don't hear so much about the number of people who have been injured, who are homeless, who are suffering from pre-existing medical conditions and the infrastructure has completely collapsed around them.
1: Operation Green is an ongoing project at UHN to ensure nothing goes to waste in its supplies. Last year it carried out similar efforts for Ukraine. The workers hope these supplies will reach Turkey in a matter of days.
7: We're delivering them to the Turkish consulate um, which has a warehouse here in Toronto and from those the warehouse they are sent on flights to Turkey and then we hope across the border to
1: Syria. Pauline Chan, CTV News.
2: Tributes continue to pour in today for film actor and renowned model Raquel Welch. Welch died early yesterday after a brief illness and colleagues and fans alike are sharing memories of her. Reese Witherspoon tweeted, she was elegant, professional and glamorous beyond belief. Simply stunning, may all her angels carry her home. Melissa Rivers shared a photo of Welch with her mom, Joan, writing, Gorgeous body, elegant and bright. Raquel Welch was all of these things. More than just a pretty face, she had glamour in her soul.
3: The family of Hollywood actor Bruce Willis says he's suffering from a form of dementia. The 67 year old stepped away from acting last year with loved ones saying he had been diagnosed with aphasia and his condition was affecting his cognitive abilities. In a statement today, they say he has frontotemporal dementia, which cannot be treated. They added, "We've been moved, we've been so moved by the love you have all shared for our dear husband, father, and friend during this difficult time. Your continued compassion, understanding, and respect will enable us to help Bruce live a f- as full a life as possible." A legend of Canadian comedies making his way across the continent on a tour that can only be described as hypnotic.
2: CTV's Andrea Case sits down with Colin Mochrie to hear about his new show and its unique twist on improv.
4: Hypnosis. When most people think of improvisation, they think of Colin Mochrie, one of the stars of the long-running Whose Line Is It Anyway? He has made a career out of thinking quickly on his feet. Last year, he got an email from master hypnotist Asad Meki, which took his art to the next level. A new form of
0: entertainment we call Hiprov. I sent a message through his website. I didn't know him. I didn't know his manager and in it I outlined the concept, hip improv under hypnosis. I would hypnotize a bunch of volunteers from the audience and then pitch them into scenes with Colin and Colin and they would improvise on stage while under hypnosis. I, I was um, excited by it because I, you know, I've been improvising for over 40 years now so you, there is a fear that you know you'll get a little too comfortable and then you'll start repeating yourself.
4: It gets mockery back to the roots of improv and out of his comfort
0: zone. When I'm working with improvisers, we're all working towards the end of a scene. With these people, this is it. This moment is, is it. So it, it's fun that way. It gives me a lot to work with. The part of the brain that that deals with self-reflection becomes disconnected. So the person no longer reflects on their behavior, they just carry out my suggestions without hesitation and without question, which makes for really good improv.
4: And the difference between amateurs
0: and professionals, this audience is immediately committed. Anybody can study hypnosis, learn it, and then practice it, yeah. Don't tell people that. Oh, sorry, I have a magical power. (laughs) Andrea Case, CTV News. Stars
11: Tonight is brought to you by Last Man's Bad Boy. Who's better? Nobody.
6: We're scared enough. (laughs) We're worried. We just want them
4: out to see if they're okay.
2: Updating our top stories, a grade 10 student has been rushed to hospital with critical injuries following a shooting outside of Weston Collegiate. A description of the suspects has not yet been released. The investigation is ongoing.
0: While it was a serious error in judgment, in terms of addressing it, um, he did the most stabilizing thing possible.
3: In less than 24 hours, John Tory will be stepping down from his role as Toronto's mayor amid scandal. Tory says he's been in meetings with city staff and deputy mayor Jennifer McKelvey to ensure a smooth transition.
10: Really nice couple and they've been here for a very, very long time, always nice, always waved.
2: New York, police still searching for suspects after a 65-year-old man was shot multiple times in a drive-by shooting in Schaumburg, northwest of Toronto. Police are calling the act violent and cowardly.
3: In business, there are more signs consumers are pulling back spending on the extras and shunning price hikes. With more, here's Jacqueline Hansen from BNN Bloomberg
13: shoppers are still spending on essentials, but entertainment and home improvement, uh, not so much. That's according to the latest results from Canadian Tire. Sales at its namesake Canadian Tire stores were flat in the final three months of 2022. While its automotive business kept rolling, sales in categories it calls play and fixing declined. Consumers could be drawn in by discounts in the future, though. A Bloomberg intelligence analyst points out that lower sales of spring and summer items last year means the company could have too much inventory on its hands this year and that may force the company to slash prices. Still, investors seemed pleased with these latest results. Shares jumped percent Meanwhile, higher prices for sweets may make New Year's resolutions a little easier to stick to this year. At the end of last year, consumers were already buying less, according to Nestle. The maker of Haagen-Dazs ice cream and Kit Kat chocolate bars says sales volumes declined in the fourth quarter. The last time that happened was more than 20 years ago. And the Bank of Canada Governor Tiff Macklem spoke at the House of Commons Finance Committee today. He didn't take the central bank's plan to pause rate hikes off the table. Macklem instead reiterated it's a conditional pause on rate hikes depending on economic developments evolving in line with the bank's forecast. He says inflation is turning the corner though it is far from the central bank's target. And he acknowledged that the tightness in the labour market needs to ease. You'll recall we got that blockbuster jobs report just last week. Let's take a look at some of the closing market numbers for today. The Canadian dollar is trading lower about a third of a cent to a little over 74 cents U.S. West Texas Intermediate Oil declined just 10 cents to about 78 dollars and 50 cents U.S. a barrel and Western Canadian Select declined 77 cents to a little under 60 dollars U.S. a barrel. As for stock markets, the TSX fell more than one hundred points to end the day at twenty thousand six hundred and six point four two. That is the latest in business. I'm Jacqueline Hansen of BNM Bloomberg.
2: Home prices may have dropped, but a new report shows it hasn't gotten easier to buy property in most can- big Canadian cities. Compared to a year prior, buyers in January of 2023 had to contend with a higher stress test and mortgage rates. RateHub.ca says the minimum income needed to afford an average home went up by $7,600 in Toronto and even more in Montreal, Vancouver and almost every other city studied. In Hamilton, however, the required income dropped by more than $4,000.
3: The Ontario Cannabis Store is changing its pricing structure in a step to compete with illicit sales in this province. The provincial pot distributor says it will reduce its margins by tens of millions of dollars each year to help support what it calls a vibrant marketplace. The OCS says the changes will also include fixed markups for different product types when they're implemented in September.
6: The
2: Canadian International Auto Show is back at the Metro Toronto Convention Centre. Today the event hosted the reveal of the 2023 Canadian Car of the Year.
11: And the winner is the BMW i4.
2: The electric vehicle was honoured by the Automobile Journalists Association of Canada while the Hyundai IONIQ 5 was named Canadian Utility Vehicle of the Year. Electric vehicles are expected to be a key focus at the auto show, which opens to the public tomorrow.
3: Canada's women's soccer team will be making a statement when they take the pitch in Orlando tonight. They traditionally wear red, but the players will be sporting purple T-shirts during the anthems and purple tape on their wrists for the game. The colour is associated with gender equality. The women are currently embroiled in a labour dispute with Canada Soccer. They play the U.S. in tonight's opener at the She Believes Cup. After the break, trouble brewing. The information tonight that may have you cutting back on your favorite cup of Joe. Finally tonight if you're about to grab a double double before your shift begins maybe make it a small.
2: A new Toronto-led study has brewed up some bitter results linking intake with certain health risks. CTV's Allison
6: Hurst has the details. Before the daily grind many need a morning jolt to get moving.
3: And that first sip of coffee it's like it's like for, you know I love that first sight That's how it feels.
6: It may put a bounce in your step, but a new University of Toronto study published in the Journal of the American Medical Association shows coffee could brew troubles. For your kidneys.
14: It just gives me one more thing to worry about.
6: Researchers followed more than a thousand people in Italy over a period of 16 years. They found about 50% of the population has a genetic variant causing their body to be slower at metabolizing caffeine, making them more likely to develop kidney dysfunction, which can lead to long term damage.
1: When they drink a cup of coffee, For them, it's equivalent to four cups of coffee compared to those people who are the fast metabolizers of uh, caffeine. Current Health
6: Canada guidelines suggest up to 400 milligrams of caffeine a day for adults is not associated with adverse effects. But Dr. Sarah Madavi says that amount for slow metabolizers is too much.
1: Those other poor 50%, um, really the current recommendations is actually harmful to them.
6: A genetic test will say who carries the enzyme. Maybe
1: that
13: would have an effect on my coffee drinking, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it's going to change my life.
6: For those who don't want to test, Modavi says up to two cups a day is likely safe, but be careful of the size. There's constantly studies coming out. I think it's just moderation, you know, it's just like anything else. Regardless of what might be percolating without your knowledge. Alison Hurst, CTV News, Toronto. Mm-hmm. Oh, just another thing to worry
2: yeah. about. I'm not giving up. I
3: only have normally one a day. How about you?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, got to have at least the morning one. Yeah. Oh, yes. I have a toddler, so I absolutely <laughs> have a coffee in the morning and uh, maybe sometimes one in the afternoon. But uh, tomorrow you might need an extra cup depending on when you're waking up because uh, we have some messy weather in the forecast overnight tonight and it could impact your morning, especially if you're an early riser. Let's take one more look at the satellite and radar. We've got some light freezing rain being reported at Pearson Airport as well as in the Hamilton area and you can see even just based on the colours on this map that there's some mixing happening a little bit of rain, a little bit of freezing rain already some ice pellets and it's snow for areas further to the north. Those are the communities under a winter weather travel advisory so do take care if you have to be out and about. Maybe two to five centimetres of snow or ice around areas like Uxbridge and over toward Peterborough even more snowfall expected along the Bruce Peninsula and in through sections of Muskoka. Your travellers forecast for tonight if you do have to be out on the roads here's a look at what you can expect we are looking at the risk of freezing rain here in the gta right through the evening might get some ice pellets in there too a reminder that freezing rain looks like rain but it freezes on contact when it hits your windshield and makes a little bit of noise those are ice pellets here's tomorrow at a glance a cooler day with a chance of flurries and one more look at that family day long weekend forecast and the long range beyond that is looking a little bit cooler more uh, typical of february zoraida and nathan
3: All right, thank you, Lindsay. Be sure to join Omar Sachedina tonight at 11 for CTV National News, followed by our next local newscast at 11.30.
2: In the meantime, our coverage continues anytime on CP24 and online at ctvnewstoronto.ca.
3: For Lindsay and all of us at CTV News, thank you for watching and have a good night.
13: See you tonight.